0: Schmaltz Sandwich Shop, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley.
1: Well, it is Matt Mosley. Big 12 Media Day's coverage continues. Aaron, I think they finished it. I think they ended it. We finally got kicked (laughs) out of there. But we, you know, we've got plenty of material still to share. Aaron, when I go on vacation soon uh perhaps as early as next week don't forget we've got that cincinnati defensive end okay <laughs> right just, let's not forget about that i like him here that may be what we do is just replay our entire um our our coverage from big 12 media days i really enjoyed it war did a great job i mean both uh, on air and off air with all his technical stuff that he did and then um well, I mean, J. Mo is his usual winsome self, just getting along. There was one guest he had that I really wish he would run things by me. He, of course, Aaron, he does not have to do that, <laughs> nor should he. But I, I found out later that he had taped a guest, and I probably would have, I probably would have tried to talk him out of that. But that's okay. That's okay. John and I, we have we come at things from a different deal, and we do have, like a lot of the same people. But John does not, Aaron, he does not have enemies in the business. Aaron, you've been around me long enough to know that I, <laughs> that I do have some. We both do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, there are some people, I, I, you said to me yesterday that so-and-so was on the show. I said, what? He had who? But that's okay. That is okay. Aaron, by the way, you should, I'm looking at this right now. Aaron, you need to discover cricket shirts they don't even advertise with us but i'm a big believer in those shirts aaron this is kind of next level stuff so while i'm at the beach i want you to i want you to get online and check out c-r-i-q-u-e-t aaron this will no matter where you're hanging out what restaurants you got all these people you got a lot of friends and i don't you know you you kind of keep me away from them and i think that's probably a, a good thing I think that's a very uh, organized thought on your part. But, Aaron, this is something you need to look into, all right? I just want i I'm always looking out for all you fashion-wise. The cricket golf shirt, in fact, it just popped up on my timeline here, and that's why I was thinking about that. Um, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Shout-out to the people listening to us right now, Aaron, in London. Baylor in London is going on, and Dr. Blair Browning, who's leading that effort, is uh, streaming us over in London. And uh, some of the kids went are going to the Scottish Open this weekend. Some of them next weekend will go to the British Open. All right, we, They call it the Open over there. I think it's at – Aaron, I have not zeroed in yet on my coverage of the Open, perhaps because I'm going to be out of town next week. But I think it's in, like, Liverpool maybe, or maybe they're playing at Royal Liverpool. We'll double-check that. But one of my favorite events of the year, the British Open, the final major. And um, so shout out to all the people traveling over there. And a special birthday wish out to our friend Keely Browning, turning 18 today, will soon start at Baylor University, and her dad is my old college roommate. Um, Aaron, who else do I need to wish a happy birthday to? My, My mother turned, well, I don't know if parents want you to throw their their ages out but a but a really cool age and um and that happened just the other day on the 7th and i don't think i was able to uh throw the birthday wish out so aaron i should have called you and John since she'll do birthdays every day and, and put my mom on the list marilyn mosley uh happy birthday to you as we get today's uh show started um and um Aaron, I tell you what. At the end of there's a very interesting. At the when we go to the uh, the break here in a little bit, I'm going to talk about um, that. Uh, well, this 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 new partner we have, and uh, this QC Kinetics, and I am going to talk about that a little bit at the break. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. But uh, there's a lot going on. The Rangers get it going again. Aaron, we have kind of a Rhythm to our lives in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's weird when the Rangers aren't playing. Like the the All-Star break throws us off our rhythm a little bit. You'll hear tonight's game. That's a 7.05 first pitch right here on ESPN Central Texas. The Guardians of the Galaxy. The Cleveland Guardians come in. Now, Aaron, I, know, I wanted you to be aware of, did you know that the Guardians – were first place in their division. Did you realize that?
2: I did not.
1: <laughs> okay. They're first place in the uh, AL Central. Aaron, what do you think their record is without looking? Just give me a guess at the Guardians' record as they sit in first place in their division after the All Star break. Three
2: games over 500.
1: 45 and 45. Hmm. They're at 500. All right. And <laughs> there's just I'm looking at, uh, and I'm looking at this guy who's starting tonight, Aaron Savali, pretty good pitcher, pretty good pitcher, three and two this season, two fifty six ERA, forty four strikeouts, all right. And uh, on the uh, on the road, Aaron, I don't know lately. Have you noticed every time I look these things up, these guys are really good on the road. He's got a 125 ERA on the road. He's one and one with a 125 ERA. Aaron and uh, he's 28 years old. Aaron Savali, pretty good pretty good pitcher. Going for the uh, the the Guardians and then Rangers are sending out John Gray. Aaron, is that is that like the only guy on the Rangers who wasn't in the All-Star game, John Gray? He could have been. Six and five, 3.29 ERA, WHIP of 1.14, 75 strikeouts on the year. His last time out, though, Aaron, right after the Fourth of July, um, he pitched okay. Six innings, they they lost, but he three earned runs, quality start, uh, three walks, pitched okay, pitched okay. Uh, and so we'll get uh, we'll get him before that. He'd kind of had a rough outing against those Astros. Five earned runs in six innings pitch in a loss to the Astros. Obviously, they dropped three out of four to the Astros. Aaron, are you ready to kind of get this Rangers season rolling again? And do you feel? How do you feel about the Rangers as they sit two games, two games ahead of the uh, 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 of the Astros? As they get started here, are you feeling okay about things? Are you still worried at the way they were playing going to the break? Or do you think we're going to get a little refresh here?
2: I think that All Star break will help. I think getting Chapman will help. And I think that the trade that they will make in the next couple of weeks for probably another starting pitcher will help tremendously. And I think they'll be in pretty good shape after that.
1: All right, uh, Aaron. I was looking at the most likely. ESPN came up with this. We work for ESPN, don't we, Aaron? I don't know if they sign our checks though. Eminem Broadcasting seems to be involved with our checks, but we're we're an ESPN affiliate. Aaron, the uh, most likely 2023 World Series matchups. Do you care to guess at who's the most likely World Series matchup?
2: I know half because I read the article and I remember part of it. I okay. know half of it. Ed- oh, no, I remember. So I, I actually know the answer to this. It is the okay. Braves and the Devil Rays, I believe.
1: And we can't call them that, though, anymore, Aaron. The That's Rays. their old yeah, name. You're right. yes. Yes. But um, yeah, you went way back there, Aaron. I like that, Aaron. Kind of o- old back men about always do. <laughs> <laughs> you went about 13 <laughs> years back for that one. Um, okay, the The Rays and Braves, you are correct. The odds of that is 14.8%. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. The next one is, get excited, Rangers fans. Rangers-Braves, 12.7% chance of that. The most likely World Series matchups. Yeah, yeah, I'm good there. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Um, Third, most likely, Rays-Dodgers, so, the Rays obviously have the best chance in the American League, but it's great to see the Rangers just behind them. And I'm so glad to see the Astros not mentioned yet. Next is Rangers Dodgers. A 5.6% chance of that happening. Now, Aaron, we finally get the Astros involved after that. There is a 5% chance of Astros Braves. I do find it funny, Aaron, that the Braves are part of one, two, three. Four, or five of the scenarios I just mentioned. So the Braves are very likely to come out of the National League, and they think the Dodgers and then the Diamondbacks are the only teams really that have much of a shot. After that, the San Francisco Giants show up at some point. My daughter was just out in San Francisco, got to see the Giants play. That's a fun ballpark. Aaron, um, have you been to that ballpark? They're on the Bay uh in san francisco bay there have you ever been at uh, uh, mccovey's uh, mccovey cove or any of that
2: i have not i've never been okay. to northern california socal a couple of times but not northern california yeah.
1: you need to see that ballpark and then of course you need to do at wrigley and finway at some point those are must visits aaron i would not put like where tampa bay plays on your list I would say, now, seeing a game in Southern California, did you go out and see the Dodgers, or were you not there that part of the year? Uh,
2: while I was out there, we went and saw the Angels in Anaheim. Oh,
1: you uh, you saw the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, yeah, or the, my, whatever, the L.A., yeah, whatever we call them. My
2: yeah. preference was to go see the Dodgers, but I was informed by uh, the person I was staying with yeah. that, the Dodger Stadium is not exactly the greatest neighborhood, and so we oh. it would probably be a more enjoyable experience going to see <sighs>
1: Anaheim. And
2: it was. The, it happened to be the Orioles yeah. that night, and it happened to be Cal Ripken's uh, retirement year. So that oh, was pretty cool.
1: wow. Very cool. Yep. Although I would very much differ with whoever you were staying with. I would have sent you out. As long as you don't wear a San Francisco Giants jersey, I think you're okay out there. Uh, in uh, in Dodgers land, we Do remember that horrible story. Oh, man, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can almost remember that guy's name, Brian something, um, and uh, that was that was awful, and uh, his life was forever changed. Okay, so I in this article though, I find this interesting: the tier two threats to you know, as far as having a big time second half. Uh, fortunately, the Rays. And the Braves are Tier 1, and that's that's the teams to beat. Now, you would think, Aaron, with what I just said about the Rangers, the Rangers would be in that tier. No. No, they did not make that tier. In fact, I'm going to see if they made the Tier 2. Man, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. What? The, the, tier 3, the Rangers show up as the unexpected threats. I don't okay. I guess I don't they really mean, understand the season. Yeah.
2: I think teams that have surprised so far.
1: Okay, okay. The unexpected threats. All right. I need to I, I, I need to study their methodology. <laughs> right. It's not um,
2: really clear in the article. It took yeah, me a I minute know. to
1: I know. All right, here's the odds of the of the Rangers winning the division right now as we get ready to start the second half. Seventy one percent. The playoff, to make the playoffs, Rangers have a 94% chance of making the playoffs. The projected final record is 95-67. and 67. Um, Now, the Rangers are just 13-17 and 17 over their past 30 games, and here have come the Astros. Um, both teams, first-year general managers, talking about Dana Brown from the Astros and Chris Young of the Rangers, will face the heat of the trade deadline soon enough. Perhaps that winner will be the winner of the division. Aaron, yesterday I was watching to see where Shohei Ohtani could end up if they decided to trade him. And people think it's the Yankees, obviously, Yankees. Have plenty of prospects, plenty of money. Uh, Yankees might make it happen. Rangers were also mentioned as a possible destination for Shohei uh, Otani. Aaron, how about that? How about that uh, shot to the arm of putting Shohei Otani into an already fearsome lineup? Put him in as your uh, put him in the rotation, obviously. And then get Otani out there roaming around the outfield, or DH, him, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. Otani and the Rangers lineup. Aaron, I mean, what do you do with Simeon? Do you put Otani? Okay, I guess you put Otani third, and move Nathaniel Lowe down to, you know, like sixth or seventh in the lineup, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You keep Adolis. Up at, where's Young been? Fifth, Young hits fifth. Adolis hits fourth. Anyway, I, somehow you would put Otani. I would. I yeah, would want to put, put Otani
2: in in Bombi hitting cleanup. Yeah, I think no, that's Simeon
1: correct. hits first, and and no, uh, no, Seager Seager. hits second. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, and then uh, Low hits third, and uh, uh, well, Bombi hits fourth. Okay, so we'd have to figure this out because Otani. What does he hit for the Angels, Aaron? Because I would be tempted to put him as leadoff, but then Simeon's going to get mad. Like, I, I know he drives in a ton of runs hits a bunch of home runs, but I would love having him up there where you have Simeon right now. But probably you just put him at three. That's the least disruptive thing. Aaron, would that be the most fun thing? When's the When's the last time Rangers did something like that? Uh, I, I, the The most exciting move they ever made – I mean, obviously, when they brought in A-Rod, that was enormous. Then they made a trade of A-Rod one time. But the Cliff Lee trade, you know, or bringing him in at the deadline was one of the greatest things they ever did. That was one of the greatest things in team history. And that gave them the wherewithal and uh, that fired up the run to that first World Series. Now, a year or two later, a couple years later, they did, a, they did a deal at the deadline for Cole Hamels. That was a good one. That was a great one, in fact, because Hamels uh, also spearheaded a nice run. I think that was post-World Series, but that really extended things, and Hamels gave them a couple of nice uh, nice seasons. Aaron, what am I missing? What are the greatest – what are the greatest – I hit on the big ones. I'm trying to think. They probably signed Nolan as a free agent – I don't think that was. I'm trying to think of that as a trade. They traded Sosa. That was the infamous trade. And then, of course, the Teixeira trade allowed some big things to happen because that laid the groundwork getting, you know, in in those trades, they got uh, Elvis and Matt Harrison and uh, several players that played a role in the. And then the. They they signed Adrian Beltre later as a free agent. That was a free. That was a off season signing, as well as Prince Fielder, which turned out to be a disaster. One big trade I'm remembering: Aaron, Ian Kinsler. That was a huge. Ooh. That was a huge trade, and is that the one Fielder was involved with? Yes, they were okay. Basically
2: swapped for each other, <coughs> which obviously Although turned Fielder
1: out- had a. Fielder ended up getting an enormous deal. I can't remember how that worked. If he already had the deal and they just inherited that deal, or if they signed him to an extension. But he got a huge deal, and then obviously he gave him like one season and he had a neck issue and his career was over. I mean that that ended up being pretty much disastrous. All right, Aaron, any ones I'm missing there as we go that we go down trip down memory lane there?
2: Did you mention Tashira? Yeah. Okay. Now then, that, that's 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 the biggies.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, but I did love when Tashira and Blaylock, and Michael. I mean, obviously, trading for Michael Young was one of the greatest trades of all time. They got him from, I believe, the Blue Jays, and <clears throat> that was, you know, that was amazing. Uh, bringing him in and then years ago they did some deals and uh, that helped their initial stuff where whether it be Stottlemyre one point they got Aaron Seeley in here and thinking back Darren Oliver I mean there was just some guys that were part of those really uh, really fun Wetland was a big one that they brought in All right, Aaron, I don't know how we got going on that, but that was fun. Uh, It's the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. We're going to let you hear from some more Big 12 Media Days. And I had a chance to spend a little time, and Barry Trammell was over there. You'll hear his voice, too, with Matt Campbell, the coach at Iowa State. And it was really interesting back and forth with Coach Campbell. That's next.
4: Did you know there are more Lego figures than there are actual people on Earth? Did you know that a well-known fast food chain once created bubblegum flavored broccoli? Or how about that gorillas burp when they're happy? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor, and I like teaching you new things. When it comes to foundation repair, there are a lot of things to learn and you can get overwhelmed in a hurry. What kind of piers? How do they work? What kind of warranty? What about my plumbing? Don't get overwhelmed, don't get sucked into that vortex of this guy versus that guy or this method or that. At The Foundation Doctor, we offer more methods and options than anyone in town. We've been doing this a long time and we know what works. Let us teach you what we know and guide you through this most challenging process. It doesn't have to be painful. So give the doctor a call today. 863-8800, 863-8800, or look us up on the web at ineedthedoctor.com.
5: So, for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. All
1: right, there's something fascinating that I wanted to talk to you about. And it involves, well, I had that bad neck injury uh, oh, almost three years ago in a bike accident, and so I still... You know, have issues and pain and that kind of thing. And, you know, when people have that, I mean, you're looking, how could I do something where I don't have to have surgery or I don't have to have constant steroid shots? Let me tell you about QC Kinetics, the new advanced regenerative medicine treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue in your bad joints, providing lasting relief with no drugs. No surgery and no downtime. All natural way to use highly concentrated healing properties from your own body to give you lasting relief. All right, if you've got joint pain, due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, uh, neck pain for me, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain. You need to learn more about the new regenerative options that can change your life. Now, here's the number. Listen to this. 254 415 That's 254 415 4100. That's QC Kinetics. 254 Listen to the Matt Mosley
3: Show online at SyntexSportsFan.com.
6: This date's going really well. We're going to be such a great couple.
7: Whoa, uh, I think you're going a little fast. Yeah,
6: I know, I know. We just met, but we've got chemistry.
7: I think you better slow down.
6: Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry, I thought you were feeling it too.
7: I'm feeling like you're driving too fast. Slow the car down, please.
6: Speeding is dangerous, and speeding tickets are costly. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. You were talking about my driving.
7: (sighs) I was talking about both.
6: Be safe. Drive smart. A message from TextDot.
9: In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators, maintenance and electrical technicians, and supervisors for their plant. Day and evening shifts are available. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers a comprehensive benefits plan including medical, dental, vision, short and long-term disability. LIFE INSURANCE, 401K AND MORE. FULL-TIME POSITIONS OFFER 40-PLUS HOURS PER WEEK. PTO BEGINS DAY ONE OF FULL-TIME EMPLOYMENT. HOURLY EMPLOYEES ARE PAID WEEKLY. AT ALAMO STEEL, THEY BELIEVE IN ABOVE AVERAGE PAY TO ATTRACT WELL-QUALIFIED INDIVIDUALS. APPLY IN PERSON MONDAY THROUGH FRIDAY, 8 TO 5, 2784 OLD DALLAS ROAD. ONE BLOCK OFF I-35 IN LACEY LAKEVIEW.
3: It's more than just your lawn. It's your fairway to heaven. It deserves the Kubota Z400. Class-leading speed, agility, a powerful transmission, simple deck height adjustments, and a quality cut. When you need comfort, convenience, and performance, then you need the professional-grade Kubota Z400. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer.
5: WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com.
3: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now here again is Matt Mosley.
1: What is Matt Mosley? And it's Friday, and um, I may be headed toward a vacation soon. Kind of excited about that, but uh, we're going to finish strong we had some really good times at the Big 12 Media Days. Great to see J-Mo there. Uh, wonderful to uh, have Ward on site. Ward, Aaron, I mean, he he just has that coach. You would have thought Ward was going to be up at the podium. There's like a, a belt, the pants, the, the golf shirt that he puts on, like everything about what Ward had on screamed, I'm a coach. And, of course, Ward was is a former coach. Uh, Aaron, I did not look like a coach. I don't know what I look like exactly. Maybe more like a radio host. <laughs> but Ward had a very coach-like. And then, of course, John just has a very comfortable look. It's kind of like, hey, I'm here. Um, I, you know, I'm a very warm individual. And a lot of folks are going to want to come up and see me and maybe have me on, that kind of thing. That, that's kind of the, uh, I, you know, even though he's more of known for radio now, J-Mo will always be a TV guy because he has the looks and he kind of carries himself. You know, he just has the, the nice clothes and all that. So he's certainly more of a TV, although he's known for that voice and radio and all that kind of stuff. All right, Aaron, um, we had a chance to talk to Matt Campbell, the Iowa State football coach. And you'll hear a couple of different voices this is kind of one of those deals where a lot several people are talking but we get up kind of close to Matt and I put my phone my recorder right up there next to him and I like you'll hear Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman and he has some interesting thoughts with with Matt about some of the new teams coming in and then I get into it with him about his tight ends and Matt kind of enjoyed it he at one point Aaron he he pays me a compliment, which I thought was really nice. But uh, this is our little session with uh, with the Iowa State uh, football coach Matt Campbell. That is happening right here. Hello
3: you do to ensure that you're on the, the positive side
1: of all those tight games? Yeah, I think you got to be humble
10: enough to, to understand why you didn't accomplish what you wanted to. And, you know, I, I think, Mary, that's – you're right. It was painful and, and, and challenging at times. And there were a lot of positives in those tough losses. But I think there's also a reason why we lost those games. And then when you talk about things – You know, when we've been at our best precision, detail, and the ability to win the close game, we've done that as good as anybody. And and obviously, um, when we haven't done it, we we certainly haven't reached our full potential. And so, you know, I I think. use this term you know i feel like sometimes i always say we have to be we're worthy to suffer and yeah, that worthy to suffer meaning you have to have enough humility to understand why you didn't succeed or have the success that you want to have and then have enough humility to get it corrected and, and right the ship and a lot of times i feel like it's allowed us to grow forward in our program you know when we've We've come to some of those obstacles. We've been able to really go to work collectively to kind of push ourselves forward, and, and I, I feel like we're at that we're at that point right now.
11: And when uh, OU Brent struggled in his first year, coaching ups and downs, what did you find the hardest part of the learning curve going from coordinator to head coach for the first time?
10: Yeah, you know, for me, it, it happened. Um, you know. The benefit that I had was that I was at—I had been in the program, so I I knew really what we were doing well and maybe what we weren't doing well when we were at Toledo, and and so that—that was probably a little bit of benefit that I had when I was at the University of Toledo. Is you know I at least knew collectively what the challenges were and. What moves needed to be made? Where, you know, I know, you know, coach had to come in and you, you don't know what you don't know until you get through it. And so, um, but I think when you talk about the growth process of, of becoming a head football coach and leaving the coordinator spot, you know, it's, it is unique. It's different. You go from having to be the head coach on one side of the ball to and having the ability to foresee the entirety of the program and, and certainly in game having the ability to manage the football game, you know, and I think that's really important if you want to have success and at least the place we're at, we've got a we have to play complementary football and great team football to win the game and I, I feel that's part of the head coach's responsibility of the flow of the game. Yeah,
12: Remember your first year at Toledo? Well I forgot what your record was. <clears throat>
10: Yeah, it,
1: it, it was
10: decent, but we had good players. So, yeah. so yeah, it was, it was. We were fortunate and good coaches. What do so you
1: think about what you know now, and what you
10: didn't know? It, and, and 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 still a lot to learn. You know, I, I mean, I, I took over as a 32-year-old head football coach, and you know, still young, and you grow every day. And, that, and that's what's that's what's great about our sport. It humbles you really fast. And as soon as you think you have it figured out, uh, you're gonna get humbled really fast again.
11: Matt, sure. Matt, I know uh, six about six years ago Brian Ardo came up to y'all's place and uh, learned y'all's, y'all's defense. He's obviously now taken to Oklahoma State. Yeah. One, did you have any interactions with him uh, during that? And, and two, how valuable are those relationships for go go somewhere else and learn what somebody else is doing? Yeah, you know,
10: that's our that's our profession. You know, is is it's a it's a copycat profession, and and I think if you're if you're hungry to to grow and learn, you can continue to take different things from different people, but you got to be willing to get out and grow and learn. And, you know, I feel like all the great coaches have the ability to do that or want to do that. And so, um, you know, I, I did get the opportunity to meet him when he came to see us. And, and you could tell was a very energetic, dynamic young coach and um, really excited for him. And obviously, think he'll do a great job.
3: Now, well, the league's had its rough spots here. Coming out really well, it looks like. Everybody's pleased with where it's at. We got the four newcomers. Yeah. One of the common themes is those uh, players and support personnel that are here just think this is the greatest sure. thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it's it coo- refreshing. Yeah, is yeah. It, I, it's my question. Is yeah. it sort of cool to see uh, somebody thinks this is pretty cool? Yeah, what we it, got going it, yeah. on?
10: Well, Barry, I still every time I come here, I still think it's pretty cool too. You know, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, you're right. It, it's really neat that you can feel like all four of those programs being on them have great energy and excitement and. Um, You know, I I think you know this as well as anybody. It's just we are in a unique time in this conference, but I I think the decisions made a couple years ago to bring these four teams and these four programs have really positioned us to be in a great place moving forward. And, um, you know, it's just even what's happened over the course of the last three years in this conference, so many different teams playing in the Big 12 championship game, so many different teams winning the Big 12 championship game going on and doing great things. I, I think this league, top to bottom, you're in such a dynamic dynamic place and, and really an exciting place for the foreseeable future right now.
3: The We're headed to the 12 team next season. Um, for a league with so much parity like this is where you have no idea what's going to happen, it seems like the 12 team is perfect timing. Yeah. Um, TCU squeezed in last year with a bunch of close wins right. and whatnot. Right. But it, it seems like the current format's not good for a parity-driven league. Right, right, So is it perfect timing? The, the 12 team with where the Big 12 is right now?
10: I, I, I think so. No, I think it's going to be really interesting in and, and, and how do we divide the schedule up? What does that look like? I think one of the things for parity-driven that has been unique about the Big 12 is we've played, everybody's had to play everybody in that 10-team league, you know, and, you know, there was never a, man, you kind of got the luck of the schedule that year where, you know, I I think that's, that's probably been a huge huge reason why top to bottom this league's been so dynamic so I think what will be very interesting is where do we go what does this look like you know in a 12 team league how do we schedule how do we do some of those things and uh, that's still not clear but um, you know I, I certainly think that 12 is a really good number to be able to find a, a way to, to make it make it the best way scheduling it possibly can be
1: and where, where are your tight ends these days at one point you all had the best tight ends in the country just a couple of years ago and and I know you kind of like to have that on an annual basis if you could. Where are you with that group? Yeah, we think we're really
10: close to being back there right now. You know, I I think we feel that that room, um, you know, we, we had some really tough injuries a year ago at that position. Um, Plus you lost, you know, obviously Chase Allen and Charlie Collar to to graduation, so naturally it naturally was going to be a young room anyways, but young went to really young with some injuries. And, you know, I, I think by the end of the year, um, it forced us to have to play some different guys and, and do some different things early in the season through the first, you know, probably 70% of the season. But by the end, you know, Easton Dean really came on, uh, Deshaun Haneke really came on, Tyler Moore, who was injured early and missed the majority of the season, came back. And I think our depth there, Steve Oclotz, our depth and, and really the the future of that position looks as bright as it has in our, our program. So we're really excited about what that position looks like.
1: Is that one of the greatest things for a quarterback? To have that, I mean, you see what Brock's been able to do at the next level. Yeah, how how huge of a thing is that?
10: Well, I think you you know, and you look what Brock did with those tight ends at our place. You know, I, I to me, there's just so many things that the value that those tight ends can do in the running game, in pass protection, and then obviously in the passing game, and and when you when you got the ability to set edges on on the offensive side of the football and to, and to create you know width and formations, mm-hmm. I think it's really big, and and so it's how I've always believed the the best way to play offense of football and you feel, really feel confident about where that, that looks at our program right now
1: all right um that was some uh that was some good stuff with uh, with Matt Campbell from Iowa State um, I don't know if, Aaron did you hear the uh, did you hear the part where Matt kind of he kind of liked he kind of liked that line of questioning I thought I I was sitting there thinking what do I want to talk to him about and I started remembering those unbelievable tight ends that he had for several years. Kohler's one of them. What's the other guy's name, Aaron? It was number 11 and number, like, maybe 88. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they were the best tight ends in the conference. Both of both, both of them are in the NFL. I think one of them might have been a first or second round pick, but uh, Iowa State does well. And I think that's one of the things Jeff Grimes – wants to do for Baylor is develop these tight ends. They probably have their deepest tight end room ever. They really do. And, I, I mean, just starting with Dabney, um, and this comes on the heels of, I think, Ben Sims was one of the greatest tight ends to ever play at Baylor. From a skill standpoint, catching the ball, and he could block some. But from a, a route and catching the ball standpoint, and I don't know where Ben, if he's ended up on some, one of these rosters, or you know, I'll have to double-check that. But, man, and, and then, Aaron, we had the pro day, and Ben Sims was as good as anybody. I mean, I knew Mark Milton would be fast, but Ben Sims had as good a day as anyone for Baylor. But, man, this group coming in behind him, whether it be Kelsey Johnson, whether it be – Dabney, our man Jake from UNT. I mean, it just, it's a really, really fine group of tight ends that the Bears have assembled. All right, uh, good stuff there from Coach Campbell, the the Iowa State coach. And, Aaron, it's always funny to kind of see those folks for years from afar, you know, just kind of down the sideline and see them on TV and then kind of be – be like right up, uh, right up with them there, and there's something about Campbell. There's a, there's a he, He's one of those kind of Midwestern. Um, he, he, he's a different kind of guy. In fact, uh, Venables has a little bit of this. There, there's kind of a. There, there's a, di- it's a different kind of look. Now some of these guys like Joey. Some of these guys from California like Dave Aranda. They have a different presence about him, but. Campbell and Venables both have this sort of intensity that even in those little breakouts, there's no way to get catch them sleeping. There's no I mean they're kind of focused on you and they're zeroing in and um, and of course then Aranda does his thing where it's almost like a, it's almost like going to a therapy session. I mean' it's, it's really interesting to, to listen to Dave talk and then hear him, and it's very, very genuine. But there's no coach in college football that sounds like Dave does. When he starts talking about C.S. Lewis and the and the person over player and all that stuff, I mean, Dave really believes it and has put a lot of thought into it. And uh, and quite honestly, he just does a great job at those things. And I didn't know – I mean, I, I think Bryce handled it uh, fine, Bryce Cherry, but I thought, oh, my gosh, you know – he opened the news conference in front of everybody, asking him to talk about his dad. And I'm sure Dave had worked that out and said, yeah, that's a fine question to ask. I don't think Bryce would try to surprise you anybody with that question. But that was poignant. That was extremely poignant, him talking about his dad and some of those final hugs they exchanged. Wow. I mean, I, I kind of looked around, Aaron, and it, it was almost like there was some dust there uh, in Jerry's place. It was, uh, it was really, uh, it was really meaningful, very genuine, and uh, we again uh, think are thinking about Dave as this coming weekend. I believe he'll be out in California, uh, and they'll have a celebration of life for his father. And so we continue to think about Coach Aranda. All right, next, it is time for Campus Confidential.
7: Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys that we are available. We have appointments. If you have any questions about cracking your sheetrock, doors sticking, or if you're looking to buy a home and you have concerns, please feel free to give us a call. We'll send somebody out to take a look. Our number is 254-235-4922, or you can find us at fixitjimmy.com.
3: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen
0: Samuel Studios. Payments for qualified buyers at 5.5% interest for 72 months with 5000 down cash or trade. TTL extra city dealer for details. Construction makes getting here harder, so we make buying here easier at Richard Carr's Construction Sale Event. Qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2017 Ford F-150 for $376 a month or a 2018 Chevy Equinox for $205 a month. Call, log on, or get here now for easy deals during the pre-owned construction sale event going on now at Richard Carr.
5: At Richard Carr, we give you more.
11: Campus Confidential is brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet, where they say we're just a heartbeat
5: away in McGregor, and we treat you like family. Check them out at turnerchevy.com.
3: It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: It is Matt Mosley, and it is time for Campus Confidential. And uh, thank you, Jim Turner Chevrolet, for what you do. Thank you for being such a huge part of Campus Confidential and our show. All those many years ago, Jim Turner Chevrolet was the presenting sponsor of my initial show, which was 10 to noon. Now, of course, Central National Bank, the presenting sponsor, but uh, awesome to have Derek and, uh, and Jim so heavily involved. Clay, my man Clay out there. Always love uh, that Clay's out there in our in our listener listening uh, audience. Okay, Aaron uh, Sexton, what's on your mind today as we continue kind of looking back at Big Twelve Media Days and some of the other big stories out there in college athletics?
2: The Tennessee football program avoided a bowl ban but was fined more than eight million dollars by the NCAA Division One Committee on infractions, which announced its punishment for the volunteers today after finding more than 200 individual infractions committed by the school during the tenure of former coach jeremy pruitt among the penalties handed down tennessee has been placed on five years probation an eight million dollar fine among other financial penalties that will push the total closer to nine million and we'll see a total reduction of 28 scholarships the eight million dollar fine the ncaa said was quote the equivalent to the financial impact the school would have faced if it missed the postseason during the 23 and 24 seasons.
1: Huh. So no bowl ban. Nope. But fine them the money, you know, as if they did miss the ban. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Pruitt, I mean, and again, $8 million is not a drop in the bucket. I mean, it is for some people in this world. But, I mean, for a, for an athletic department, $8 million, it's not like, hey, here you go, here you go. But what they'll probably do is either they'll withhold it or if they have to write a check for $8 million, Aaron, where does that go? Like when the NCAA hits you with some kind of huge fine, I mean, the, the NCAA already makes <laughs> a lot of money on, like, TV contracts and in the, in the NCAA basketball tournament. Like does the does the NCAA president just get a little bonus? Like where I'd like to, say, to know it, <laughs> where the eight million goes.
2: That's a good question. I will uh, I will try to find that out. I've never
1: thought about that. Like
2: does it go to travel fund for NCAA executives?
1: No yeah. clue. Sugar Bowl officials, <laughs> bowl officials, the Peach Bowl. Oh wait, don't say the Peach Bowl. That's our buddy, right? The Peach Bowl executive was on with uh, Ward the other day. We liked the peach bowl. I did find it funny, Aaron, watching one of those guys. I think I was trying to – I couldn't really read his uh, lapel, but I thought it said Alamo Bowl. <laughs> and he was over there waiting for print Vittables. I thought, oh, my gosh, Vittables wants no part of – Now it was a Liberty. It wasn't the Alamo. It was a Liberty Bowl. And the guy was a nice guy. He seemed like a nice guy. He was going around glad handing everybody. But, I I mean, I I thought Aaron, you know, there's there's some people that go to that thing and try to put, like, everybody that's walking around. There was one guy, Aaron, I'm not going to name his name, that I used to be on the air with in Dallas, and he just kind of walked around the entire place, and he would walk up and down Radio Row, and what he was hoping is that folks would ask him to be on. Now, it's not – I don't want anybody to think, oh, it's like some Waco – it's not anybody in our market, all right? So don't think Mosley's taking pokes. So I'm not going to say who it is, but, Aaron, it was one of my former associates at the Metroplex. And I just kept watching him, and he would just just stroll up and down Radio Row. And it was kind of like, does anybody need me? Anybody need me to be on? (laughs) Aaron, if I'm not on our show – I really don't want to be, like, and I'm not saying anybody was lining up for me. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of like just doing our show.
2: You had a couple of requests.
1: Well, I did. But, like, (laughs) I think somebody was trying to pull one over on me or something. If I would have done that, I might not be on the air today. (laughs) Although, Aaron, what are the chances of some of our people hearing? uh, A word would have gotten back, though. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, word would have trickled back. But, yeah, yeah, somebody tried to kind of get me on. And I was, like, kind of flattered that they would want me. And then I started asking myself, am I going to get in trouble if I do this? And I think the answer was yes. And so I just, as I sat down almost to do the thing, I stood back up and I said, I can't do this. So, anyway, Aaron, I walked away. I walked away. They were going to pay me, Aaron. You can't believe what they were going to pay me. <laughs> I think they were going to pay me in, like, candles. oh man that's really inside okay aaron what else do we have sir there's a lot out there oh eight million that is a lot eight million dollars oh aaron i don't know if you're going to get the story i'm just going to bring it up and then if you've got the details on it fill it in what about that what about i mean and of course i was focused on the big 12 but northwestern Fires its baseball coach. Now, we remember all that weirdness because a former Baylor, oh, what was that guy? Was that guy the pitching coach for Baylor, Coach Strauss for uh, for Steve Rodriguez? I think he was at Northwestern. Well, like five games into the season, he just leaves. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. not doing this. And they were looking into some stuff or some kind of investigation, and they just fired their – so they've now uh, fired their head football coach. Fired their baseball coach for some kind of bullying type deal, Aaron. If I'm out there at these other universities, I'm I'm making sure that's one thing I think Baylor does a good job of. If there's a hint of a coach like being kind of a bully or or anything like that, they get them out of there. Like I'm not saying they can't coach and be tough, but I mean I I I think Baylor made a change last year based on. How players were being treated. So I do like, and again, you can never know. You never can be surprised by these things. So I don't want to say too much, but Aaron Northwestern is in a weird place. Let's just leave it at that. But that's how about that story though? I do have baseball a, coach fired, yeah, football I d- coach fired.
2: Do have a few more details on the baseball okay. coach according yeah. to the Chicago Tribune? Uh, there was. They obtained a document that said that there was an internal investigation by the university's human resources department, and the probe found that the head coach Foster engaged in bullying and abusive behavior, and made in, an inappropriate comment about a female staff member. The document was set to be shared with athletic department leaders to take remedial action against Foster, but he ended up coaching the season anyway so the report was before the season and radio station 670 the score in chicago reporting foster discouraged players from seeking medical attention for injuries and that players hid their injuries from him because of that
1: i read about one of those things i and and i want to say it might have happened in alabama or somewhere like a thoracic they, they totally ruined a kid in fact the Alabama was getting sued for something like that, Aaron. But that's a—you know—you got to watch that. I mean, I—I I heard something about that recently involving like a, a a volleyball program out out of the West Coast. That's a rough deal, man. On those, when you basically think you can't report an injury, or you're gonna—I mean, it—you it, it, can create a really bad environment, and that's why. Boy, Kenny Boyd at Baylor and, and the team doctors and Aranda. you got to have everybody on the same page on that medical stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, Aaron. Very interesting details. Northwestern. I mean, Aaron, think about that. What are they known for? Unbelievable academics. Mm-hmm. and But, you know, sometimes they're okay at athletics. And I think it's becoming harder and harder for these top academic schools to really hang in there stanford was great at baseball but they've kind of bottomed out in football rice has you know struggled in football for many years vandy vandy it's a struggle i mean i'm just i'm trying to think of the best academic school that also plays great program uh and of course since i went to baylor i'll say baylor does it okay but I'm talking about like the ones that are like crazy hard to get into. I I gotta say Notre Dame. See, I, I, I say that I kind of feel like Notre Dame's hard to get into. I never tried to get into it, but they continue to be really really good, you know, in athletics and also have a, a you know great. But that's hard to do. I mean, Stanford did it for a good while. But, boy, they, they have gone way downhill in football. And Northwestern, Aaron, Northwestern was horrible. Like under Fitzgerald, we talk about, oh, he had this great career there and all that, and that's fine. He had a good run there. But the last two years, and as I brought up the other day, any other Big Ten coach other than maybe Rutgers, any other coach in the Big Ten would have been fired based on his last two seasons. He went 4-20. Like, Aaron, is there anybody in the Big 12 <laughs> that can go 4 and 20 and survive other than maybe Neil Brown at <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say besides West Virginia's coach. At West Virginia. Even he can't. No. Aaron, the great Neil, if he if he wins only 3 or 4 games this year, he's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. Oh,
2: absolutely. This is
1: I got but Aaron, we got to look up a picture of Ren Baker. I I just haven't we cuz I like Wren a lot. I think I ran into Wren, and I just didn't it didn't dawned on me who it was. And because of all that Huggins mess, I think Wren kind of ran in and ran out. God, we should have tried to get Ren. How did we not get Wren on? I mean, this is a friend of the program. And we didn't get Wren on during the deal. We'll look into that. We'll have to get Ren on. All right, Aaron, do you have any more before we get to the five o'clock hour? Couple of the quick, highly uh, listened to five o'clock hour. Yeah,
2: I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Northwestern, but they named defensive coordinator Dave Brom the interim coach for the 2023 school year. Also, uh, real quick, former Texas Tech head coach Mark Adams has a new job, considered one of the best defensive minds in college basketball. He will join East Carolina's basketball coaching staff under Michael Schwartz, first reported by Hoist the Colors, which is a uh, a 24-7 fan site for East Carolina. Adams, obviously, was most recently the head coach of Texas Tech, where he went 43 and 25 in two seasons, including an NCAA tournament appearance and a Sweet 16 appearance in his first year.
1: What's that called? Hoist? What?
2: Hoist the colors. And they spell colors like the English do, which I don't like. They put the U in it. There's there's an American spelling for that word.
1: Yeah, but... (laughs) I, I guess that because they're the they're the uh, are they the pirates? They are. So somehow they're going back to some kind of right. old English type stuff or something. Mark Adams, good for him, good for him. I, I think Mark, he what he said was wrong, and and he was trying to kind of tell a Bible story. But I I I don't think what he said should ruin a career. I think. I think they Mark Adams, they were ready to run him out of town anyway, and so this was just the final straw. But I think he's a good guy, good coach, and I'm glad he'll be able to go help a team. Now, Aaron, when's the last time ECU was good at basketball? <laughs> I would say it's a long time ago. When is the when's the last time the new entry in the Big Twelve, the UCF group, the Golden Knights, when's the last time they went to the NCAA tournament? Aaron, if I had to rank the teams coming in, Houston's best in basketball. I guess right now you'd have to say BYU second. Cincinnati has great pedigree; they got a great past, so you put them third, though. And then you put UCF. UCF. But Aaron, I don't know how UCF is not better at basketball than they are. They it's in Florida they got great basketball players. They're recruiting beautifully in football. How is UCF not good at basketball?
2: Last made the tournament in 2019, but that was kind of a one-off before that. The previous appearance was 2005, so they have not been a basketball powerhouse the last two decades.
1: You know who they had on that team? Taco, that T-A-C-K-O taco fall oh, that's right Falls, yeah the the 7'5, seven, seven, yes. whatever he is i absolutely he remember was, that he team played now. for ucf yeah people would go out to disney world and then stop by and see taco too <laughs> you know who's at disney world right now the great one of our great uh buddies uh ted t from alan samuels just He's making his way around Disney World. I think he's in the uh, it's a small world ride as we speak, just listening to us. All right, 5 o'clock hour. We're going to get rolling with this. We'll hear from Baylor Director of Athletics Mac Rhodes later in the hour. We'll also right na- next, though, we're going to let you hear from, speaking of UCF, Gus Malzahn is now the head coach there. And we had kind of an interesting visit with Gus as we talk about that program and where it's headed from Big 12 Media Days, Gus on joins us next.
3: From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas.
11: Did you know, now is a great time to let Jeff Hunter Toyota put you in a new or used vehicle. I'm Kyle Tomlinson, General Manager of Jeff Hunter Toyota, and you can choose from many makes and models, all priced to fit any budget. We also have a state-of-the-art service and body shop, and a full line parts department with factory trained Toyota specialists. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter Toyota.
9: Toyota quality, Waco values.
3: ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
11: Southern Drag Mode Association, LLC, presents the original Duel on the Brazos 2023 at Brazos Park in East Waco on Saturday, July 22nd and Sunday, July 23rd. The fastest show on water. Gates open at 8 a.m. Racing begins at 8.30. Daily tickets are $30. Weekend pass, $50. And Cooler pass, $20. Get your tickets now at Submar.com. Duel on the Brazos 2023 at Brazos Park in East Waco. Sponsored by Mission Golf Cars. Waco's local Easy Go customer Golf and Utility Vehicle Dealers. Ratchet Speed and Supply, SoCal Speed Shop, Premier Innovations, fun for the whole family. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Maya Fuel should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for their great pricing and quickest delivery, they also offer non-fee contract fuel. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675 675- 8107 or find them at
3: myatfuels.net. That's myatfuels.net. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Helberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley.
1: it's the Mosley Show. My goodness, we're just rolling right through the 5 o'clock hour. We're now in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, We've got some fun stuff planned for you next week. Aaron's planned some things we got some great interviews, some of the best things we've done. And so we'll have a lot planned for you uh, throughout the week. But uh, occasionally, even radio people, and I know people think, oh, that's the most fun job ever. And it is. It really is. But even radio people occasionally will go take a vacation. And Aaron, in the past, that, didn't, that really hadn't happened, has it? You know, I'll still, But I'm actually going to try to do that. And uh, Aaron did one recently and had a big time there in Vegas. And he came back refreshed. Aaron seemed so refreshed that I thought, you know what? I'm going to take me. I'm going to take. I'm going to take one of those vacations. And I'm not going to Vegas, all right. I'm just going to go to the beach. But uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. And then when I get back, um, we'll have coverage of a Cowboys training camp. I'm going to run out there for about three days to uh, California and do some uh, reporting and and some live stuff. And then after that we got a real big announcement all right so the show will have some fun things happening with it that I'd love to uh, I'll be anxious to share with you now next Aaron let's um let's let our folks hear this was a back and forth kind of like Matt Campbell and that Matt Campbell stuff was really interesting the Iowa State coach but this was the UCF coach Gus Malzahn and and he had everybody gathered around and and so I kind of there were some other folks asking questions, and and uh, and I waited. I was polite, but then I kind of jumped in there and started asking Gus a few questions about his program and where things are headed, and and just his whole path. I mean, he used to be a high school coach in, in Arkansas, and then he became, golly, I mean, he came up. The, he was the OC, he was the office coordinator, I think, in Arkansas. Then at some point he ends up at Auburn. I mean, he's been he's had an interesting. And somewhat decorated career. At times he's been great. At times he struggled. He's been pretty good at UCF. Let's uh, listen in on some of this interview with uh, the UCF head coach, Gus Malzahn. Yeah. The
5: coaches
6: and successful coaches. What's that like?
5: What's
1: that mean to you? Well, first of
13: all, it tells you I'm getting old, okay? (laughs) But no, I'm I'm real proud of those guys. Making a difference in college football, not just on the field, but off the field, being a great example for young men, what a great dad looks like, what a great husband looks like, and all those guys definitely do that.
6: Yes, I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch.
13: Right, so coach, just from afar, what did you think of the TCU horn Frogs
10: running, just the job Coach Dykes has
6: done? Yeah, I,
13: I, I love Coach Dykes. He's a great coach. He was very impressive to watch uh, you know, the semifinal game. Obviously, the final game didn't go like they planned, but to get there the way they did, uh, it was really, really
1: something. Coach, this, this momentum you will have in recruiting, yeah. does that have anything to do, like how much does the Big 12 help in that, in yeah. those conversations, or is that thing kind of underway even before you, you know, these things were announced? Yeah, the last two years we've had
13: the top recruited class in school history, but, you know, last year the, the class knew we were going to the Big 12, now this year is a little more of a reality. and. Uh, we're set up to really even finish better than we're setting right now, but the Big Twelve has a lot to do with it. What's and, been the and, most and,
3: surprising part about that move to the Big Twelve, if anything along the way has surprised you?
13: I don't know if anything has surprised us. We surprised us. We knew that we'd get a bump in recruiting. Uh, you know, I, I think more than anything is just when you dig deep into this conference, you, you really figure how deep it is. Like from top to bottom there's no off links. That's what really stands out to me, but you know, there hadn't been very many surprises. Now, once we get to the season, I mean, the first year you'll we'll learn
1: and and all that. Is there is there more emphasis in Texas now that you are you know have these schools down here? Or are you spending even yeah, more it, resources here?
13: We had a few players uh, on our roster that are from Texas uh, right now. Um, obviously, we'll see how it goes. Uh, right now, Florida and Georgia we're doing really well. There's a lot of really good players there too. But I'm sure as it goes, we'll have more emphasis on Texas, and a couple of guys on my staff, including myself, have recruited Texas quite a bit before too. You still have ties in Arkansas. You know a few yeah. people there, right? Yes, yeah, still have a few. Yeah. <laughs>
14: because, what do you think about the new clock rules? of yeah. Running the clock after first
13: down. You know, I really I don't expect it to be that big of a factor. You know, I, I think 2006 was the last time they changed. That was a that was a real change. But I really don't expect to be too much of a factor. We're going to operate the exact same way. We'll see. But I expect just to be a couple plays a game difference is what I would think right now.
7: Coach, I wanted your thoughts on Coach McGuire. What was your first impression with him? Yeah. And then what he was able to do last year and just yeah. thoughts on them as a team because some of you guys are going to play on them. Yeah,
13: that. I'm a former high school coach like Coach McGuire is. Um, I recruited his high school when I was at Tulsa back in the day. and. Had a couple of his players there. And then when I got to Arkansas State, my stepmom actually taught science uh, there at Cedar Hill with him. So I'm a big fan of his. Doesn't surprise me at all how successful he's doing. And uh, he's got a great program at Texas Tech. And I think we have to go there late in the season.
14: Coach, you talked about it earlier, but can you talk to me a little bit about hosting Baylor to kick off the season? You're facing Kansas State. Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah,
13: the the conference didn't do us very many favors, you know. Uh, the last two teams that played in the championship game, we played them first. We go to Kansas State. We host Baylor. We got a lot of respect for both head coaches and both teams. I mean, they're they're as good as it gets.
1: What, what what is your
13: how much how much have you guys enjoyed today? Sort of a new experience for most of them. This yeah, morning. my players on cloud nine. I mean, they're they're uh, they're having a great time. They've done a super job, you know, running this. Um, so, you know, and we got a lot of our staff here, a lot of our social media staff, and they're really enjoying the moment.
14: Jess okay, so Brett's talked about doing some innovative things, you know, when it comes to broadcasts yeah. with, like, miking up coaches and, you know, maybe getting yeah. lock, you know, cameras in the locker room, things like that. As, as a coach, what, what, do you, what do you think about those thoughts about having – yeah, maybe more access yeah, you? know, you.
13: Three or four years ago, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. <laughs> but uh, this is a new age of college football, and that's what we're going to do. And I really think it's the right time to do that. And Our commissioner has really done an unbelievable job of trying to connect, not just the football fans, but the younger generation and seeing things for the future. And I think that's a big part of it.
14: Does it help in recruiting, you think, in some
13: ways? You know, I think so. I think more access uh, that you give people, they know who you are better, and I think that definitely helps us.
2: What is you live the whole SEC difference, uh, and I don't even know if the difference
14: is the right word, but is the perception that the SEC is that much better than everybody else? Is that a problem for college football, or is it even true?
13: Well, I mean, obviously there's some really good teams you know, that won championships the last few years. Uh, but I will say this, like I said earlier, like, the thing that stands out to me about this conference is, from top to bottom, there's no off weeks. You know, in most conferences, really included that conference, there's a couple. You look at the schedule and you think you catch your breath a little bit, but this is uh, this is a uh, up and coming. They're already playing great football, but I think this is uh, we're in a great situation as far as the future goes with our conference football wise. It's the
14: difference in revenue that we see that's reported between the Big Ten. And and
2: uh, the SEC and the other conferences mainly the Big 12. Does it affect your job? Does it affect other no, schools? No, I, you know, I think, you think
13: our commissioner has done a super job in the short time he's been there with the TV deal, generating money. It's going to get nothing but better. And, but that is a factor of big. Uh, big picture-wise and long-term, but I think we're in a great spot with our commissioner with that.
1: Where, where, where are you facilities-wise heading into the Big 12? Where you, where you want to be? I mean, yeah. I know
13: you always love yeah, moving ahead. Our athletic director's got a great plan uh, with facilities that hit, you know going to start probably right after the season, but we have solid facilities right now, uh, but you know, our athletic director's got a great vision of a football campus, which will be unique with a lazy river and a dj and everything that goes with it right in the middle of uh
14: you know of our, our complex so uh, a lot of great things happening you yes, know, you ta- sorry you talked about the travel issues you know that yeah. you're going to experience obviously having the, the the way games you know i talked to several other people who said you know, it, it, it can be daunting, as you mentioned, coming home on a Sunday at 6 yeah. o'clock in the morning. I mean, it, how, how do you just kind of
13: handle that? How do you get everyone maybe on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I think that'll
14: be one of the learning curves that we have, but we
13: are aware of it. We talked to some other, you know, the West Virginia head coach. You know, he, he's experienced quite a bit of it, too. But, you know, that's the factor. We'll, we'll be fine on the way there. We'll leave a little earlier, you can do all that. But on the way back, you know, thinking about that next week, you know, some of them can be pretty challenging.
14: Gus, what do the you know, next couple weeks look like for you guys, obviously heading into the first season of the Big 12
13: yeah. play. here? Yeah, uh, all of our staff will be back in on Monday. We'll have a couple practices uh, before we turn our guys loose for a week. We'll do a little hideaway stuff uh, from a coaching staff standpoint. And I think we start back on the 31st. We have an early game on a Thursday, so we'll kick off fall camp. We'll not look up until after
14: the postseason. Addison. Addison. Comes in as a you're promoted defensive coordinator. What what have you seen from him and over the the, the spring and the the summer and and what do you look forward to him going into this? First of all, all
1: right. That was our uh, that was our uh, visit with Gus Malzahn, and uh, that sound you heard, Aaron, was was most likely me getting a call while i was recording that oh interview. you know what that's exactly yeah. what it was yeah <laughs> that's a, i was like what is
2: that noise i was like okay yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, maybe someday i'll learn i had turned that, my ringer all the way down because one time i was taping something with coach aranda and somebody called and i could kind of like hear it ringing and i thought oh no so I did. I did turn the ringer all the way down. But sen- still, when somebody calls me, apparently you hear it on the audio, Aaron. Someday I'll let you see my phone. See if you can walk me through <laughs> <laughs> how to how to change that situation. All right, uh, Aaron. By the way, the WNBA is doing all its All Star stuff. You know, like the pre All Star game, and uh, that's Sabrina Anescu who played at Oregon. Isn't that right?
6: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Just set the all time. It's a few minutes ago. WNBA and NBA record with 37 points in the final round of a three-point contest, and I—I'm telling you, the thing is so impressive about this is it's no, it's the exact same format as the men at the NBA, and, and of course nobody's guarding the men, nobody's guarding the women, and she obliterated the record for both the NBA and the WNBA. I mean, she went crazy. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of amazed. I'm sitting here watching this. In the previous round, Aaron, she made 25 of 27 threes. I mean, I don't care if anybody's guarding you or not. If you can knock down 25 of 27 unguarded threes, that's insane. I, I, I mean, the only person alive that can do that is Steph. That's about it. Okay? Then you run out of names after Steph Curry. That's pretty wild. All right, we'll get to hear from uh, Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes. Again, this happened at Media Days. You'll get to hear it next. This is,
3: this is ESPN Central Texas
0: Payments for qualified buyers at 5.5% interest for 72 months with 5000 down cash or trade. TTL extra city dealer for details. Richard Carr's lot is loaded with pre-owned cars and trucks that need to move. Qualified buyers can now get a 2014 Cadillac SRX for only 160 a month or get a 2014 pre-owned Chevy Silverado for only $270 a month. Over 90 used, thoroughly inspected vehicles in stock. 100% approval is our goal. Call, log in, or get here now to save on your next ride at Richard Carr. At
5: Richard Carr, we, we give you more...
11: Southern Drag Motor Association, LLC, presents the original Duel on the Brazos 2023 at Brazos Park in East Waco on Saturday, July 22nd and Sunday, July 23rd. The fastest show on water. Gates open at 8 a.m. Racing begins at 8.30. Daily tickets are $30. Weekend pass, $50. And Cooler pass, $20. Get your tickets now at Submar.com. Duel on the Brazos 2023 at Brazos Park in East Waco. Sponsored by Mission Golf Cars. Waco's local EasyGo Custom Golf and Utility Vehicle Dealers, Brazos Speed and Supply. SoCal Speed Shop. Premier Innovations. Fun for the whole family. It is the Matt
1: Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics, joining us now. Mac, you're uh, and I shaved today. Actually, you know, I knew this interview was coming up, and I wanted to look presentable and everything. And you do. But hey, thank you, thank you for that uh, backing me up. But no facial hair, no goatee. I mean, it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've always, you know, you've got a youthful look about you. But man, this is a different. I kind of looked across the the field today and i said that's a different mac that i'm used to when did you make this decision
12: oh i think uh probably about uh yeah a month ago Mm -hmm. and uh you know probably just one less thing in my life that i need to worry about was uh (laughs) goatee and and facial hair trimming so yeah uh, because it takes some time if if you want it to look presentable yeah and so uh i started to get a little bit lazy and thought you know what it's not looking as presentable as it as it
1: needs to the sport coat will play, though. The Sport coat is uh, is strong. I thought Tom from BYU, he was on with me earlier. Tom Holmo. I, I, he had a really nice sport coat. I mean, I think to be an AD, that's kind of line one. There's a lot to it. There's probably some stuff in, in recent years you wish didn't. You didn't have to deal with. But the sport coat game, you've always kind of had that working
5: for you
12: yeah you know that's uh I've taken some pride in, in the sport coat game and and uh, there's certainly some ads out there that uh, that uh, I look at their sport coat game and say yes, you know that that would be something that that I'd wear and and tom is is definitely one of those and and then there's been some others like yeah I'm not not wearing that.
1: <laughs> what do you think about getting the new blood in here? Um, this year. They they started hanging around last year, but full-blown July 1st. I I just think it's an interesting perspective for you, having been at the University of Houston, um, still knowing people and having friends there, seeing them come in. Um, BYU, Baylor had the series with BYU. It's got to be kind of a rewarding time, this media days, and then July 1st, as we keep hitting these milestones. How does it make you feel to see these new teams as we get ready to say goodbye to a couple teams
12: yeah you know I I think that um, we've been talking about it it feels like for for a long time and uh, so it you know for it to become reality um, I'm certainly excited about it I think that uh, they really do add strength to our to our conference Um, grateful for you know the former commissioner Bowlesby that uh, we, we reacted and uh with some immediacy and, uh, and and really, you know, added those four prior to that football season because I think it would have been a completely different narrative for the Big 12 if we would have gone through a football season where all anybody's talking about during a football, a Big 12 football broadcast was we're down to, you know. Yeah. and uh, And so that was still part of the narrative but you also had to talk about the four that that were added and, and were and were' coming in and so um, I think you know because I've, I've known you know Houston I was there for, for five years I know those people I'm excited for them I know that they're extremely you know grateful for the opportunity uh, you know being at Houston knew obviously a lot about UCF and in Cincinnati and uh, you know I thought you know those were you know two great great additions and then you know, just over a course of time when I was at Houston, we had a home-and-home home in football with BYU, certainly here at, at Baylor. Even at Missouri, when I was there, we, we played BYU, and, you know, Tom has been the constant there um, through throughout all of that, and I've got great respect for him and, and for that institution. And uh, I think, you know, quite simply, when when we had it at, at that time, we added the, the, the four best
1: that we could. What do you think about these – eight home games as we get closer to the season I mean logistically and and for your group that's a lot to put on I I imagine there's a little bit of an ebb and flow usually with seasons where you're like okay we're going the road now this is a different animal in fact I don't really think this has happened in Baylor history Um, so in some parts it's great I think putting those things on it presents some extra challenges how does it how does it kind of hit you as we get closer to, to beginning that schedule? We're, what are we, 57 days or whatever it is? Have you started the countdown?
12: Yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm cautiously excited okay. uh, about it. Uh, I think you're right. I think uh, eight home games is, is a lot to uh, to manage, to handle. You know, you think about your people, and uh, that's it's a lot. It takes a lot of hands, a lot of time, a lot of effort to put on just – just one football game and so you know now we're we're doing that you know eight different times uh i think it can be you know something spectacular if if you're winning and mm-hmm. uh the energy that that provides um but if if you're not playing well if uh if if uh the, the season isn't going necessarily the way you way you you hope it would right it it could make for a very long, Mm -hmm. you know, a very long, uh, year for us. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of, of risk, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I certainly have, you know, great confidence in in coach Aranda and in the direction of the program and, and where we're headed. And I think we've got an opportunity to have a really, really great football team. I've got great confidence in our fan base and, uh, they'll show up for all eight and, uh, you know, McLean will be a, a really, really tough place to play. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, cautiously excited and, uh, you know, looking forward to it. And, hey, you know, again, I think statistically right, you, you win, you know, uh, you have a better chance in terms of winning your games at home. And uh, you look at some of the, the, the programs out there that, you know, are, you know, repetitively in, in the CFP. Uh, they're they're playing seven, eight home games every year. Mm-hmm.
1: Tom was not happy that y'all weren't playing. He likes kind of the rivalry. I think you kind of like it, too, the religious thing. BYU not on the schedule after having the two seasons. I know it's hard to get these schedules right. It took them a while to work through it. But uh, And then OU and OSU not even being on the schedule. I mean, there's some weird... I guess we always knew it would be a little awkward with the 14. It'll be exciting, yeah. but that's a strange thing. Yeah, no, it
12: it it is strange. You know, I think um, in our own way, okla Oklahoma, Oklahoma and, and Baylor has has mm-hmm. developed. You know, quite a rivalry when you think over the last you know three to three to four years, and you know we've had some pretty pretty good games. Um, and so you know, I I think you know we we will miss that you know certainly oklahoma state again i think there's is a is a rivalry there between between baylor and and uh and the cowboys and so again we'll we'll miss that i don't disagree with tom you know would, would have liked to play you know byu as well but you know when you go from from 10 teams right and and playing you know all all of the league the 14 and you can't you can't do that right there's there's going to be some some give and take and so you know i think um you know having houston at home is is uh, is a great opportunity for for us and you know quite frankly for the university of houston and and to be able to go on the road and and play at cincinnati play it you know ucf i think those are good games you know for us and particularly for our fan base to go to places that that maybe we've not been mm-hmm. in a while so there's there's trade-offs and um you know, we'll see what what the league looks like. You know, um, the the following year, the the 24 season, and uh, you know what what it will look like that schedule if if we're at if we're at 12, and and uh, and if not, then um, you know how do we how do we navigate that again?
1: Who's your favorite new mascot of the four? <laughs> Well, I um, can I Cosmo. Can s- Co- I like kinda like Cosmo.
12: I, yeah, I you know, I, I was at Houston so okay. I, I've gotta stay with I gotta stay with, with
1: with the with the Cougs. Look over at Cosmo. I mean this is a very active uh mascot. I mean yeah. they, just never... An-
12: another another Cougar. So yeah. but uh I'd like yeah. to
1: see Bruiser and Marigold a little more active today and feel like Cosmo has has brought his A game.
12: Well, thank you for that, that input. I'll make sure I relay so, that to the so appropriate people. Please, please, yeah, pass you. that
1: along. Um, Dave Aranda said he did not embrace the transfer portal kind of early on, and and today he kind of expre- you know expressed maybe he's had to do that. Is that something? Did you ever have some visits with him about hey, this? No, you don't love this maybe, and I, he he has good reasons for maybe not embracing it. Seems like you did get a little more aggressive in the portal this past offseason is that did that kind of evolve and did you was that something you and Dave kind of talked through over the past year or two
12: yeah I think you know for all of us this is new territory in terms of the portal name image and likeness and and so you know I, I think that um, yes coach Rand and I had not just one but but many several conversations about transfer portal name image and likeness all of those those different things and you know I, I think um, you know just Reflecting back, you know, just over the last, you know, three or four months, you know, we've we've added, you know, probably eight. I think it is from the from the transfer portal that that have you know an opportunity to uh, to to play significant role in in terms of the roster and 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 uh, garner significant uh, playing time. And so, um, I think where you've got to be really really careful is. You know, the, the, the character and making sure that that young man, you know, really embraces your culture um, philosophically is a, is a right fit. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I have a lot of confidence in, in Coach Aranda and the staff that um, they're going to be really thoughtful and careful about, you know, who they, who they bring in and somebody that's going to assimilate in a, in a really, really positive way.
1: You think he's the only coach who brings up uh, like a C.S. Lewis quote? In <laughs> pretty, his opening, perhaps.
12: I' pretty certain that uh, he is, and and uh, and I would venture to guess uh, that would be uh, all coaches, that coach, all
1: sports. Did you like C.S.'s early work? Did you like the uh, Did you like the Aslan and the line, and you know all the which the wardrobe, or were you more of a mere Christianity? Read
12: which- read Those, yes, growing up the uh, my, one of my most favorite daily devotionals is a, is a CS Lewis daily devotional and so I would just say all of the above. okay.
1: I was hoping we would get into some philosophy today and Mac Rose joining the Matt Mosley show ESP of Central Texas. Mac, what gives you the most hope this season uh, you know will be it, it didn't end well last year. you know Grimes has talked about it. he thinks maybe it might end up being a silver lining. That the way it ended, if they had won, if y'all had won like eight or nine games, maybe you wouldn't have made some of the changes or addressed some of the things. I'm sort of curious, what kind of gives you hope that maybe you could jump back. Last year you were number one, you were voted number one in the preseason. This year, number six. What gives you the most hope that y'all can get it going again this year?
12: Yeah, I, I think it, you know, began with with the conversations that uh, that we we had, Coach Rando and myself, and. And even Jovan, you know, toward the the end of the year, the the you know probably the the last you know three games, and then certainly the the off season. Um, I think again the use of the transfer portal. I think the addition of the of the three new coaches. I think uh, that has been extremely uh, a positive. I love Matt Palage. Um I remember when when he left. That that really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and his connection with uh, with with his you know position group and, and certainly because he was the uh, special teams coordinator he touched a lot of different different student athletes and i think we we missed we missed that we missed him specifically and you know i think he's one of the the really bright young minds in the game and and look forward to, to seeing him grow and and learn in in the d coordinator position and then Bringing on and AJ Stewart, I think he's been terrific for the uh, for the running backs room, and and uh, he's uh, again great way of connecting with our, our young people, and uh, really really skilled in terms of you know coaching that position, the 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 technique, etc. And then Christian Robinson, man, if you just spent any time with Christian, you you know he's special. He's a he's a bright young mind, great energy connects well, uh, relentless recruiter and so I think those changes I think the work that's been done uh, I think the ownership uh, by you know certainly not just Coach Aranda, the staff but also some of our our key you know uh, student athletes that that, hey we we need to own some of that you know Mm -hmm. disappointment that uh, there are things that we could have done better and and we need to grow and, and we need to learn and so I think it's it's all of those things. It's not any any one thing. Um, I like where the where the culture of the team is. You know, um, Coach Aranda continues to grow as a as a leader as a as a head coach. Um, that that's been really really cool to see.
1: What do you think of the uh, the brand spot that was rolled out today? Um, seemed kind of cool. Brett, your mark on it said, "Hey, roll that thing back again." It felt like a little bit of a Steve Jobs, and, you know, kind of a. I mean, it was interesting as he was rolling around I me. Mean, we're used to kind of the podium here, you know? And, yeah. And he kind of was roaming around the stage, visiting and everything. A little different approach.
12: Yeah, no, I, I liked it, and I think it hit uh, the new spot. I obviously had had an opportunity to see it uh, a couple times before, but uh, I think that certainly spot, you know, uh, speaks to the, the intersection of culture and sport. And. Uh, you know the uh, the generation of, of young people we're we're trying to reach, and uh, so I liked
11: it. I don't so, know what Gen Z is. He yeah, yeah, Gen Z. about I, Gen Z. I was like, I don't even. We we uh, <laughs> we spent a lot
12: of time talking about Gen Z. So,
1: can you draw the new logo? Like, do you have you seen some mock-ups of that? Uh, the new logo will will be I, I next have. year at this time. Yeah. Really?
2: Yes,
12: and so it's still uh, in. In process, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, again we we need uh, you know maybe uh, a little bit more refinement, maybe maybe uh, a little bit more, uh, a couple more renditions, but uh, we're we're on our way, and uh, and I think people were are gonna like it, and uh, and you know it it better be a logo that we all embrace because. Uh, I'm not changing the logo on basketball floors or football fields every year, so <laughs> um, you know uniforms, yeah, etc. So, but uh, I think it will it will speak the, to to the conference and in, in our energy and
1: and where we're headed. Are you a strength in numbers guy? He kind of backed up a little bit on 14. I want to stay at 14 even when OU and Texas are gone. Um, uh, Brett Yormark said, hey, I may have backpedaled a little bit on that. Really like who we have. Where, where are you right now? Because we've waited. I don't know. This Pac-12 thing, may, the TV thing, may come down about 2026. <laughs> we may, be, <laughs> we may oh, be two or three you years. You took that shot, not me. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bring you into that. But I'm just saying it's kind of – and now the latest thing they've said is well, we're comfortable. We're we're pretty comfortable knowing. So who knows what will ever come down but kind of where where are you in that right now because obviously it's a pretty entertaining exciting conference yeah. with as is but i this yukon stuff started i'm like wait i haven't asked you about that because you love hoops but we got to think through the prism of football and i noticed Absolutely. i noticed not all the ad's i think lined up behind the yukon and some of these other ideas that were floated out there
12: yeah, I I think you know it's I think it's a healthy thing to be be thinking about you know uh, different different policies. I think you know what drives me most, uh, Matt, personally, when I think about you know the 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 number of institutions is that next bite at the apple in terms of TV agreement. Right, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna begin you know the new TV agreement on July you know. First 2025, and and it expires on June 30th, you know 2031. And so I'm really interested in terms of what what really gets us to a great place for that next negotiation, that TV contract that begins on July 1, 20, 2031. And I do think, um, if you know we we want, you know, uh, for example, a third, you know, TV media partner. Um, and, and and in order to do that right, I think we need more volume. And so I think that means more more member institutions, right? More teams. And so uh, but it's gotta be the right right ones, right? We we can't ever just add to add. And so um and and certainly with that said I, I think that you know the, the the twelve that we're gonna have beginning, mm-hmm. you know, in twenty twenty four it's a strong 12, and uh, and I feel really, really good about that if we, we stay there for, for several years. But uh, certainly I think about, you know, again, July 1,
1: 2031. All right, last thing I was going to bring up. Um, baseball was scaring me a little bit with some of the departures. Some uh, some of our best players uh, are, are leaving how are you, you know, I, you know how we do in talk radio, we overreact to things. How are you kind of processing that? And you, you did release some good news earlier, you know, a few weeks ago about a great, you know, some donations. But separate to that, is this just kind of part of the process? we got to be patient because you just, you just kind of hate it when you have some core, you know, top players leave us.
12: Yeah, I mean, for me to sit here and say, hey, I like that would, would, yeah. would not be, be genuine. Um, I didn't like it at all. And uh, for all of us that, that want to compete and, uh, you, know, um, you know, care about our, our baseball program, care about Mitch and the staff and, and, and those student athletes and, and wanted to compete you know, for big, big 12 championships, it, it didn't, didn't sit well. Um, I do think that's a little bit of the the, the the time that we're in, and it's part of the the process. And uh, when you think about Baylor and, and the intersection of you know kind of rebuilding and yeah. uh, and then name, image, and likeness, and uh, and so. Um, you know, I, I think we're we're going to be in a good place. You know, you talked about the facility piece, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I also think that we've been active um, in terms of talking to some some individuals about you know name, image, and likeness opportunities for baseball student athletes, and you know that's that's an area that um, certainly you know I think we're we're evolving in and and uh, and growing in, and so um, again I. I you know, truly, honestly, believe that that the future of, of our of our baseball program is number one in, in great hands, and uh, we're going to have the resources. And I'll just leave that general okay. the resources uh, that that will you know allow Coach Thompson and and the staff to field um, a a really competitive
1: uh, roster. Have you all revealed who the big Seven-figure. No,
12: we, um, we we haven't yet, and uh, now's yeah,
1: a, as good a time as any, probably for that.
12: Yeah, probably, but uh, but probably won't right now. Okay. So, um, but you know, uh, we look forward to doing that doing that in the in the future. And again, that's not that's just step one of okay. a of a process and a plan that uh, that we have in place for uh, for baseball.
1: Okay, and I saw the other day added another basketball player, in Janga has made his way to Waco. This is the biggest team, I don't know, if I'm just trying to think, I don't remember Scott ever having a team this big. I think I counted like six players, six, seven or bigger, and, and you know, I, you live and learn, and I think they decided we need some more length on the wing, down low, yeah. more depth.
12: Yeah, I, I think physically in terms of big, right, um, I certainly don't remember a, a team since I've, I've been here, but I also think in terms of numbers, roster size, it's probably the, uh, the largest roster um, that, that Scott has carried since, since I've been here. Um, I'd have to look back yeah. and, and verify, but it certainly feels that way to, to, to me. And so um, I think where that's going to be really helpful is, you know, in, in the gym, practice, right, really, um, you know, uh, sharpening one's competitiveness and uh there is no greater motivator and and i remember coach haskins um utep saying that um there is no greater motivator than the person sitting on that bench that can take your spot at any moment Mm -hmm. in in time and so uh i think it's going to make for for great competition in uh in
1: practice all right foster pavilion i mean it's getting closer and closer everything on schedule um have you had the hard hat on recently? Kind of out there taking a peek around?
12: Yeah, I, I think the uh, the last time I was out there was uh, with, with uh, Mike and Cindy Garrick of uh, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, and uh, taking taking a tour, and that was probably about six weeks ago uh, that we did that. And uh, you know, again, I think it's uh, it's on track, um, and uh, both financially and you know in terms of uh, timing and. You know the ability to to play a, a game. You know the uh, the first week of uh, of January. Mm-hmm. So that looks good. Obviously, we talked about it before. The development center portion of it will open later, and uh, and so you know, and that's probably perfect timing because you know basketball doesn't have capacity or time to move into a new facility during a season. So that that you know will will open up at a at an opportune time after the the season is. Is complete. So really, really excited about that project. You didn't ask, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say the the really ditto for the uh, Fudge Football yeah. Development Center. Yeah. Um, man, that is going up quick as as well, and uh, we'll be excited to open up that new building, in um, in uh, you know late spring yeah. summer of of 24. But you know, right now you think about um, Baylor athletics and. The the future and continuing to try to grow and and uh, and be better each and every day. We we yeah. have 311 million dollars of capital projects going on right now as as we speak, and uh, we're going to continue with with capital projects. I think we're in a really good place um, in general in terms of name, image, and likeness. Um, you know, there's probably 15 institutions out there. That you know, at a really high level, yeah. that have much larger, you know, uh, fan bases, donor bases, alumni bases. But uh, I think we're holding our own and, and fighting and scratching and clawing in that in that space. And uh, certainly, uh, the opportunity for football, men's and women's basketball to field competitive rosters.
1: All right, has Jeremy been pretty demanding on, on how he wants some things built and everything? I guess if you put up $15 million, <laughs> He He has that right. All right, all right. Yeah, it is um, it is humbling, by the way, to have a buddy from college, and, and one day you read that they've given $15 million, and you're like, I'm doing a radio show this afternoon. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, he's a great guy, and that will be awesome, late spring. Thank you. Um, your uh, great executive assistant, Lauren, says that, uh, told me that you had a call at 530, and so I am, she said, get him out of there by then, so I'm very appreciative. She's become a great friend. I don't know if she thinks of it like that, but I she certainly, does. okay, good. Thank you very much, and uh, always fun to see you in this environment. We've been doing this for years, but it's always fun. Well, thank you. I feel the same and certainly appreciate the opportunity.
3: Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at syntexsportsfan.com
8: How about serving delicious Central Texas-style barbecue and all the fixings at your next catering event? Hellberg Barbecue caters all-size events from small birthday parties to large corporate gatherings of over 800 people and full-service weddings, including appetizers, charcuterie tables, and more. And they feature a catering rewards program for repeat customers, including a rebate on additional jobs, plus a rebate on new catering jobs referred to Hellberg. Learn more at helberbarbecue.com.
3: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at
0: syntexsportsfan.com. Jesse Britt's Automotive wants to help your car get ready for the Texas heat. Now through Saturday, they're offering free automotive AC checkup with any vehicle service at Jesse Britt's Automotive. Plus, let them help keep your car roadworthy with their computerized alignments discounted for a limited time at only $49.99. The alignments come with free tire rotation and free visual brake inspection. Just mention this ad, Jesse Britt's Automotive. Discounting your prices, not your service.
6: A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, Anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different, Bank Central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
3: Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up
5: on ESPN Central Texas. It's
3: time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And it's been a big week. Appreciate Matt Rhodes. Appreciate, uh, oh, the BYU Athletic Director. Uh, I thought Tom did a great job the other day on with us. And then, of course, uh uh, John Cunningham, Cincinnati Athletic Director. We'll have Ren Baker, the uh, West Virginia AD, on soon. In fact, I've been in touch with Ren, and that'll be good. And we'll have uh, well some great interviews lined up for you next week. I am going to uh, go on some vacation and um, headed to the beach. So. Uh, you won't hear from me much, although you'll hear some of our show, and Aaron will be around doing his thing, so well, it'll be a good week, and uh, remember, Rangers get going again tonight. Uh, uh, John Gray on the mound for the Rangers. That's a 7.05 start right here on ESPN Central Texas, and uh, Savali is uh, uh, going for, uh, for the Guardians. Uh, Cleveland's in town. And uh, notice the Rangers had like about a 66% chance on the win predictor from ESPN of winning this game. Uh, they really need to get off all to a good start. And they really need to use the all-star break as a time to reset and uh, and, and try to start gaining some ground or or getting kind of gain some separation from those uh, Houston Astros who have closed this thing to a two games. They're only two games back. So everybody have a wonderful weekend. And then uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks to everybody who's been a part of this one. Uh, good night from Central Texas.